TBI Nation, welcome to episode two of the Basketball Insider Podcast. It has been such a crazy week in the NBA, especially Friday night. And I'm here again with my co-host, the man, my social media consultant, Eddie Sanchez. What up? Hey, what's up, Danny? Thanks for uh, the nice introduction. And man, it's been a great week, so I'm, I'm ready to dive into this. Yes, sir. Um, let's start off with, like we did last week, we talked about the players of the week. So from the west side, we had um, James Harden. And from the east, my guy, Spicy P, Pascal Siakam. What are your thoughts on, on uh, the players of the week? Do you agree, disagree? What's up? Yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, I agree with them. Uh, I mean, starting with Harden, I mean, he did his thing, um, averaging uh, 40-plus points per game. That's pretty nice. I mean, if there's anything to be nitpicky about, it was against the Grizzlies, Bulls, and Warriors, which are three of the six worst teams in the league. But, I mean, uh, it's all NBA teams, so I'm not going to, like, take too much away. Um, I will say, though, I'd want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Dame Lillard for averaging – 37 and a half points per game in uh, four games. And this dropped week. 60 on the net. Sadly, it was a loss. But I know. Unfortunately, dropped. three of those four games were losses. Uh, so I guess that could be another topic for another day. But I just want to give a shout out for that. For I, I definitely respect that. And he was on my mind, too. Um, a lot of people were asking, like, why not Dame? Why not Dame? It was because Harden had a perfect week. I know, like you said, it was against worse teams. But... Uh, Dame's team is just not doing so well right now. So um, I can see why the NBA did it. Um, from I'm happy with both the picks that the NBA gave this week. I'm low-key surprised that Spicy P was uh, chosen from the East. I thought it was going to be Giannis after the week that he had, um, also averaging almost like 35 points per game, like almost 16 rebounds a game. And um, the Bucks almost had a perfect record, but... Um, they did lose to the Jazz on a buzzer beater, so I'm pretty sure that's what brought Spicy P over the top, especially after last night's performance uh, against True. the Lakers. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, I, was, <laughs> I was a little surprised, too, honestly, for the same reasons. But, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. It's nice to that he's getting this uh, recognition. Did you sleep well last night after that, uh, that L that your team took? Yeah, man, uh, I slept all right. You know, um, it's early in the season. I'm not too worried. Um, I like you knew, how we were you knew that, you knew the game that those and... shots were coming. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. No, of course, of course. And, uh, you know, like as we were talking during the game, uh, the Lakers seemed a little inconsistent, like with their runs. But, you know, that's just uh, how teams go every once in a while. True. But uh, it's fine. True. I'm not we, worried we're definitely anything. not. Like we said, we won't be talking too much about that game today or Lakers or Raptors in general. Um, so honestly, I just want to jump into it. Um, our focus today is going to be on, let's talk about the Celtics. They're like the hottest team in the East right now, sitting at 7-1, first in the Eastern Conference. They've been playing great, like absolutely phenomenal. After that first loss against Philly, they're on a seven-game winning streak. They're playing Dallas right now as we're talking um but man let like what what are your thoughts about this Boston Celtics team yeah man they've been uh they've been awesome to be honest um and also a little under the radar at least from my opinion I kind of just looked at the standings and I was surprised to see uh, how well they were doing yeah um but you know uh 
the big elephant in the room. I just feel terrible for Gordon Hayward, man. Yep, prayers uh, up. Right when he was getting in his groove and performing like his old self, it's such a huge blow to that team and him personally. He was he was an, he was having like a most improved player type of year. Like it was just like watching his like himself being like back with the Utah Jazz again, you know, like and then all of a sudden he fractured his hand and now he has to get surgery and now we have to wait again to see how he's going to come back from it. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the Celtics are going to play without him. Uh, yeah, true, man. And, like, this team will just have to step up, of course. Uh, but I think uh, specifically Jalen Brown is going to have to show the team that he's worth that $115 million extension. And honestly, um, this is- he, has, he has shown that in the five games that he's played this year. Um, he's really stepped it up. He's averaging 18.8 points per game. Um, I think he's having a great season especially after people were kind of hesitant, like, oh, we shouldn't give him that money. And um, I think he's, he's making his way up there. I'm not saying he's there yet, but he, like you said, he has uh, shoes to fill now that True. H is out. Um, honestly? I, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean it in, like, a disrespectful way. No, I just no. – I, I, Like, honestly, like, getting another offensive player off your team with that injury – um, there's just going to be more eyes defensively on him. So we'll just see how he reacts. Agreed. I definitely, I 100% agree with you. There was no offense to that. Um, also, they're getting back Ennis Canner, who's been injured. So that's also great um, to have him back. You know, he gets Timing. those, gets those, um, those offensive boards, great shot blocker. Um, I'm very excited to see how, how he's going to play for them now that he's healthy and ready to run it back. Also, Kemba, after Kemba's very slow start to the season, he's slowly uh, brought himself back up. So that's also great. I'm happy for him. Um, He didn't have the best shooting night against the Hornets the other night, but the team still pulled through and beat the Hornets in his return to Charlotte. He might have been a little emotional, to say the least, uh, just uh, playing against that team. But, uh, you know, they got it together. It's fine. Right, exactly. Um, So, yeah, I'm happy... I'm, you know, I'm not a very big Celtics fan. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah, but, not at all. <laughs> but um, they're like my arch rival. But, it, you know, it's, it's great to see the Celtics in first place in the East and the Lakers in first place in the West. You know, it's like good old times. And, I, man, I would love to see that, like, finals matchup. As much as I would have loved to see Kyrie with the Celtics, um in the finals against LeBron and the Lakers, that would have just been a legendary like NBA finals matchup. But I would still love to see both of those franchises going head to head. It's still one of the greatest stories ever. True. And it's uh, interesting that you brought up uh, Kyrie because uh, it's nice to see this team with the true leader at point guard. Right. Um, someone that's not going to go against the younger teammates and, uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to see how it's all playing out so far. I know it's very early in the season, but uh, it's yeah, just cool it, it is early. It, it is definitely early, but clearly they're moving in the right direction. I know it's basically the same squad as last year, minus you know Kyrie and then coming bringing in Kemba. But man, like they got their chemistry rolling super quick with Kemba at point guard, and just shows that once you fill Kemba with the right pieces with Tatum and well, Hayward and Brown, and even Marcus Smart, who's, great, who's a, one of the best defensive players in the league. Yeah, I always, always liked him. 
he can take this team far. And I really think they're going to have a great season. I originally predicted, pre- sorry, predicted the Celtics would finish like sixth in the East or fifth. I can't remember what it was, but definitely behind the Raptors. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm shocked and I'm happy for them to say the least. Yeah, isn't, isn't it a little surprising to see that, uh, at least so far, that Al Horford hasn't been missed too much? Yeah, I I even forgot how Al Horford played for the Celtics. Honestly, I haven't heard much about him playing for Philly either. Yeah, the guy, seriously. The guy, the guy slipped my mind. Now that you brought him up, I'm like, wait, he played for Boston? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. He doesn't seem like he's missed. Doesn't seem like Kyrie's missed either, so... The guys who left, they moved on fast and clearly looks like it worked out for the Celtics. It really did. True. And then just uh, having uh, less cooks in the kitchen, I think, helps out the younger guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's true as well. Um, another team that you and I have been talking about for like since the start of the season, basically, and we wanted to touch this point last week, but we didn't get a chance to. So, you know, they, they're still hot, um, which is the Phoenix Suns. What in the world is going on in the NBA right now? Yeah, man, I don't think anyone saw this coming. They've just been just been really exciting. I mean, everyone's going to talk about, like, what Devin Booker's doing. He's doing an amazing job. But some of the other guys, like Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, um, shoot, that- Aaron Baines. Yeah. Oh my God, Aaron Baines. Where did you see? That's another Celtics. Like, where did that come from? I have no idea, man. That's awesome, though. I'm glad. He's, I'm glad he's having an MIP caliber year for himself. You know, like, wow. That I'm shook. I'm definitely shook about his performance, like the Suns' performance in general. After you and I recorded last week, um, the Suns beat the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, know, they were the last unbeaten team in the league, and the Suns gave it to them big time. Yeah, and like to say it lightly, no one saw this coming beginning of the season. But uh, to see them playing this well with eight and out too is kind of crazy. Um, it's weird. It's very it weird. Makes you forget about him a little bit. On honestly, like clearly having Baines is uh, is working a little better for them. Um, yeah, being able to stretch. I wonder. The court. I wonder if they keep it up after his twenty five game suspension, how he'll fit back into the rotation. If it will work well, if, you know, if they'll start losing games, like, who knows, you know? Um, but I know you wanted to touch on, like, Rubio and, and Ubre and how they've been playing. Yeah, man. I mean, Kelly Ubre, he, man, he's killing it, like, averaging uh, over 18 points a game, which is solid, solid work out there. Um, he's showing that uh, he's proving that former lottery pick status quite well. And uh, Ricky Rubio, it's nice to see him getting some shine out there because he's been a pretty consistent player like his whole career. You know, it's funny, except for in Minnesota. I can't remember if he was a part of that uh, with Jimmy. No, he wasn't there with Jimmy when they made it to the playoffs that year, right? No, No, not yet. So except for his time in Minnesota, but, you know, ever since he went to Utah, he's been in the playoffs. And now that he's coming to Phoenix, like, man, this team looks like a playoff team. So he, he might be the X factor for this uh, Phoenix Suns team. And it's nice to see because he had a lot of hype coming out of when he came from Spain, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Into the NBA. He was like one of the youngest players to get drafted. Um, 
he had so much hype and you know he played for Minnesota didn't go out so well went to Utah killed it and now coming to Phoenix and absolutely killing it out there too so I'm really happy for Rubio truly yeah. happy for him like speaking of hype I think that was the biggest thing um like that went against him in Minnesota because he's been pretty consistent just uh the image of him across the league and media was just that he wasn't meeting expectations. But once people realize like what kind of player he is, how unselfish he is, um, able to contribute to a team winning and like an offense, he's proven that uh, he's a solid veteran. Right. I, I agree with that. And honestly, sorry, I'm like looking at like the Phoenix Suns num- um, like players with Aaron Baines, like averaging 15.8 points per game. Like I'm shook. Absolutely mm. shook. No. Do you, th- um, and also, do you like, personally think this is sustainable? For, for Baines? For Baines and also just the team as a whole. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't think they would go this far. Like, I thought, you know, they had this little hype coming in. But it's been, what, nine games? They're sitting at six and three. They beat one of the top teams in the league. Um, they even beat the Warriors when the Warriors still had, like, uh, Curry and Draymond. Yeah, seriously. And D'Lo. So that was also pretty big. Oh, and they beat Kawhi and the Clippers. Yeah, man. And honestly, they're they're surprisingly uh, deep, like with Sarek and Kaminsky playing well, and Tyler Johnson doing his thing off the bench. Like they're they're getting some guys uh, to go out there and put some work in. So right. You know what I'm I'm seeing about Baines here that he's shooting, he's averaging like four point two three pointers a game. And he's, his percentage is 47% from the three-point line. That's also kind of shocking to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that guy can shoot the three-ball like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just the catalyst for this offense. They needed to be wide open uh, for Rubio to drive and kick it out and for Ubre to uh, play as a slasher. Maybe that's, that's what Rubio is known for, is for kicking the ball out, you know, like slashing. And then yeah, and more, on, more room for Devin Booker to play some ISO and just get the ball um, more one-on-one coverages. It's, it's funny because we've been talking about the Suns for the past few minutes, and that was the first time we mentioned the name, Devin Booker. Um, Seriously. Dude, this – I don't think in all my life of watching basketball I've ever seen somebody have a 50-50-90, like join a 50-50-90 club. It was usually like a 50-40-90. This guy is averaging 25.8 points per game shooting 54% from the field, 53% from the three-point line, and 93% from the free throw line. Like, that's absurd. Yeah, and it's cool because a lot of people, uh, at least in the media, have been saying, like, oh, yeah, like, he's really good, but he might just be, like, a good stats, bad team type of player. But, uh, I mean, if they can keep this up, and clearly he knows what he's doing offensively, like, that narrative will change very quickly. 100%. Hundred um, percent. Do you? I know it's you know, this word MVP always comes up in a lot of conversations. But if the Phoenix Suns can keep this up, uh, maintain like a solid spot in the Western Conference, Booker keeps this up. Where would you put him um, in like the MVP debate for this season, within the top five? It's tough to say so early in the year, but I think the first the team would have to be. At- at the very least, a top three seed in the West. Right. Um, but, I mean, if they can do that, and Devin Booker's clearly the guy leading the way, um, 
I mean, I could see him for sure getting some uh, votes in there. I don't know if he would win, but I could for sure see him getting votes. Right. It definitely won't be a unanimous like MVP, MVP vote this year. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, a, lot of, like, there. a lot of people um, trying to get the grabs this year. And like you said, if they can finish like top three, like you said last week with the Timberwolves, if Cat and the Timberwolves can finish top three, maybe Cat can win that MVP award. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how um, the league and the standings will shape up as we go along. Yeah. I will say it is a little annoying that we have to keep putting the disclaimer like, oh, if the team does well, when this is an individual award. But, you know, that's right. just the way the voting goes in the NBA. Agreed. I And, yeah, because it is an individual award, but, like, what they mostly look at is how, like, what the player's stats are and, and then how, the team, do does, how the team does. Think about the Harden and Giannis. I don't think Harden – don't, sorry, I don't think Giannis would have won last year if Harding would have finished first place in the West. You True. know what I mean? True. So it's definitely, that's also another topic of discussion that you and I can have in the near future about this whole MVP and just awards in general. I think that would be a good discussion. Um, now, there's like a big topic in the NBA going around. I'm really not a fan of this at all. I'm interested to see how you feel about it. It's about load management. Um, Mr. Kawhi Leonard basically started this trend last year when he played for the Raptors. Um, basically, load management, for those who don't know, it's just you know a player saying that he's hurt just to take some time off, especially when the teams are on a back-to-back um, game. So they only play one and not the other, just like Kawhi did last week. He didn't play a nationally televised game against the Bucks, but he played the night like after against the Blazers. So... Um, what, what's your take on that? Um, I'll, I'll give my thing. I just want to hear what you have to say first. Yeah, man. Um, you, I really don't like it either. Um, and of course there's been like other teams and other players who have done similar things in the past, but never to this extreme. Like, uh, when Greg Popovich was doing this with the Spurs back in the day, it was always just like five, six games each year. It was nothing like, Kawhi sitting out like what 20 games last year absolutely insane man and, more than uh, 20 it was more than 20 well yeah even worse 25 even worse man it's just ridiculous honestly um and I'm not even trying to say the whole like oh you're getting paid to play these amount of games or like oh there's people out there that are paying good money to see you and then when they show up you're sitting on the bench just because you don't want to go out there and play it's just a matter of uh Honestly, just principle, man. Like, your team is all out there competing. Like, don't you want to be part of that? Don't you want to uh, show your team that you're the leader out there? And, uh, yeah, everyone, like, everyone's going to get nicked up, have uh, some injuries here and there. But uh, it's up to you as the leader of the team to show that uh, you're not going to sit this one out and just push it to the side for them to, to handle. Listen, I, I have mixed feelings. Um, because for example, when I got the report last week, when it said Kawhi load management is not going to play against the Bucks, but will play against the Blazers. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if I'm a, like, as a fan of the NBA, watching it on TV or going to the games, I would rather see Kawhi play against Giannis 
than seeing Kawhi play against the Blazers, right? I, I think that 100%. would attract more ratings. I think people would have been more tuned into that Bucks and Clippers game um, if Kawhi was playing. Um, so it's kind of that, that's like one part of the load management thing that I really don't like. I know it's, it'll be tougher for Kawhi's body to play against Giannis, but hey, if you're taking the next night off against the Blazers, who cares? Just play the game. Play against like the big name teams like Giannis. Like next thing you know, he's not going to play against the Lakers or against the Raptors in Toronto next month. You know what I mean? It's just small stuff that like that that really make me angry about the whole situation. And not only that, a lot of the young guys coming into the league now are using that term load management. John Morant and Brandon Clark from Memphis took the night off the other night because of load management. Um, I think them seeing guys like Kawhi um, doing it, they're like, oh, I, you know, my knee hurts too. I'm just going to take some time off as well. Yeah, and that just opens up like a whole other can of worms, honestly, because I feel like uh, the Memphis organization is clearly not in a position to win games at the moment. So they're more willing to have guys like that who are rookies to sit out some games, um, take more talent off the court just for the chance of getting some ping pong balls. It was very annoying, um, especially this early in the season, man. Like, how are we having this conversation after, what, eight, nine games for all these teams? Exactly. And you know what? It's funny because people were talking smack about Fizdale, like putting – basically he put RJ under the bus last week because there was a uh, report saying how RJ is averaging like the second most minutes in the league as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And people are like, he's 19, 18, 18 19 years old. Like, he's supposed to be out there playing. Like, he's the youngest guy on the floor. Why, why shouldn't he be playing 41 minutes a game? And then people are saying, like, oh, like, he should go into load management because of that. It's, it's ridiculous that this is even um, a term. I even know Bill Simmons doesn't like the whole load management aspect. I've heard him talk about it before, and he's definitely against it. Yeah, and, I mean, it's one thing to hear, like uh... – people within the media or NBA saying, like, oh, every game matters, every game matters. Well, clearly it doesn't matter to a lot of these players, man. Um, clearly they're saving for uh, more important games down the line. And it's just something you wouldn't see in uh, some other sports, if you know what I mean. No, definitely. I, I don't think I've ever heard of such a thing in other sports, to be honest with you. Um, especially, like, I only really watch football and I haven't really heard of load management unless somebody's actually injured. I actually really liked what LeBron said the other day. He was like, if I'm not hurt, I'm going to be playing. He was like, I have another 35 years of my life where I'm not going to be playing basketball. I thought that was just, like, so well said and so true. Mm -hmm. Like, look at him last year. He got hurt and he didn't play. But if it wasn't for that, he would have been out there basically playing all 82 games. Yeah, and let's be honest, he might have came back a little too soon, clearly. By the right. Down there. And that's why guys like KD, he's going to take every second of his rehab and make sure he's going to get it right. So he doesn't have to be in this load management thing next year. Yeah, and it's just, uh, honestly, it, it's like kind of uh, personally annoying for me that it's Kawhi just because uh, – Back when he was at San Diego State, I used to have uh, season tickets. So I used to see him all the time. Huge fan of his. But just seeing that he's the guy that's kind of leading this trend is, man, it's kind of disappointing. Yep. I, honestly, I thought 
you know, after what happened in San Antonio, he went to Toronto and he wanted to take his time. And, you know, he really did take his time. And because of that led to a championship. Perfect. I completely understood last year because he was just coming off of that crazy injury. Um, and clearly him playing in San Antonio just re-aggravated it again. So I was like, okay, he was taking his time last year. But why are you doing it this year? Why? You just had a whole summer off. I know I'm sounding like really harsh right now. And whoever's going to listen to this is going to say the same thing. But as a fan, as somebody who sits and watches these games, like I'm going to about, once we finish this podcast, I'm going to go and watch the Raptors and the Clippers. Now, if I get a report saying that Kawhi isn't playing, it just sucks. It really sucks. I, I, it's not going to be this like having the same feeling of watching that game tonight. Yeah, and I'm, honestly, and just how common it is nowadays, um, it's a little surprising that guys like Anthony Davis aren't doing it right now, which, I mean, obviously I'm happy about because the uh, Lakers for sure need him out there. But just dealing with that... Uh, the shoulder injury. Shoulder injury. I, I was honestly surprised uh, he didn't say load management that next day after it was first reported. But, but you um, see, he's actually really dealing with something. Like, you can see that, like, he's hurting. Like, I saw it last night when I was watching. Uh, he went up, I think, for a block. And when he came down, like, you could see that something was frustrating him in his elbow. and uh, his Sorry, in his shoulder. Do you think maybe he should, you know, take a few games off? If it gets to that point where, like, he absolutely needs to, yeah. But, I mean, he's still balling out of his mind, so... I think as long as he can manage it, that's fine. I, I definitely I agree. Um, the whole load management really gets to me. Like it really upsets me. Um, like I said last week when I saw that Kawhi wasn't playing against Giannis and the Bucks, man, I was I was upset. I was really upset. I'm like that's like one like basically like in the conference finals matchup of last like last year with. Kawhi and Giannis and we're not going to see that oh people are going to say oh it's just a regular season like yeah teams are playing 82 games to get to the playoffs so why if not just wash out all 82 games and go straight to the playoffs so something will finally matter especially in the west man like you can't be like just throwing games out out the window right every game matters every game matters people were telling me last night like oh so what if the Raptors beat the Lakers? Like it's just a regular season game. Every every game matters. It could it could matter in the standings of if you play the Lakers in the first round or if you play the Clippers in the second round. I'm talking about like the Western Conference, um, or if you play the Rockets. Like every game matters of of where your seating is and who you play at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. So I I hate I hate when people bring that up. Of mm-hmm. it's just a regular season game. Yeah. It is a regular season game. So why, if you don't like it, why not just jump straight into the playoffs? Do you, think, uh, do you think this trend will continue or do you think there'll be something from the league to help prevent this? With the load management aspect? Yeah, for the load management. Um, I, uh, it's going to continue to the point where the league will step in and be like, we need to do something about it. Because I remember like you started off, you talked about the Spurs. They said something a few years ago where they're like, you guys have to stop doing that. Like, if you're, if you're healthy, there's no resting on nationally televised games. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if you remember that. but I No, yeah, I definitely remember that. So, they definitely, Adam Silver has already done a great job with 
all the things that go on around the league, I think he needs to step up and um, and do something about the load management, 100%. Yeah. That needs to be changed because I want to see big name stars playing on big, like on prime time. Definitely, 100%. Especially with how much money that the league is getting from the Exactly, leaders. like from TV deals and everything. Like that could also end up being problems with the TV deals because like that's how they're generating their money. Right, and that's where the salary cut comes from, and the ratings. Definitely, man. So, yeah, that's that's all. That's all I have for today. That's all we have for today. Um, thank you so much, Eddie, for coming back on tonight. Um, it was a great discussion. I'm looking forward to next week, and we'll see how how this week in NBA goes. Looks like it's there's a lot of great games coming on, and uh, looking forward to our talk on next week's episode. So thank you for, for being on here, Eddie. Appreciate you. Oh yeah. Appreciate your time, man. It was great. Uh, Excited to see how this next week comes along. Yes, sir. And for all you out there, keep following the basketball insider, follow my man, Eddie Sanchez on Instagram. Uh, Keep liking, commenting, leave a rating, a review on Apple podcasts, Spotify. Our podcast is available on all platforms. So please, Let's keep it up. Appreciate all of y'all. Love your support. Have a great night. Pieces.